Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jackson Collier. Got a great show for you today. We're going to preview a Tennessee matchup coming off the Missouri loss at home. Um, but before we get into all of that, I'd like a quick uh, address for our sponsor, CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. Uh, CJ's has locations in Fayetteville on Weddington and in Russellville on Arkansas Avenue. Um, Online ordering is available at their Fayetteville location, and CJ's has been voted best burger and fries in the state, uh, fulfilling their motto, if all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. So just quickly diving into uh, this Tennessee matchup, um, coming into uh, last week, it looked like Tennessee was going to be almost unbeatable in SEC play. Um, that was until they lost at home to Alabama, um, who, frankly, uh, before conference play had started, had been underwhelming themselves, uh, the Crimson Tide. Um, so, really, um, this is an intriguing matchup because Tennessee is one of the better defensive teams in the country. Um, they are also one of the more talented teams in the country. They have a lot of athleticism. They're coming off one of their best recruiting classes of all time. They have returning uh, contributors in John Fulkerson and Santiago Vescovi um, and, and, and others, Eves Pons. Um, they picked up a good grad transfer in EJ Anasike. So they have a bunch of... Of, of weapons, they have a bunch of experience, and they also have young talent, which is really uh, fit, fit, filling that mold uh, that college basketball has been moving towards. Of you're going to have a few experienced uh, guys on your roster who have been there, two to three year players on your own roster. Uh, you're going to fill a couple spots with grad transfers, and you're going to fill some spots with some really good, talented young players. That's what Arkansas has tried to do under Eric Musselman. Um, that's what Alabama's tried to do under Nate Oates, and that's what Rick Barnes is currently doing at Tennessee. Um, you have two really uh, star-studded freshmen that have been playing a lot of minutes in Keon Johnson and uh, Jaden Springer. Um, Springer and Johnson both around the same size, both play the wing position, both have the ability to put the ball in the basket. Um it's, it's, it's honestly impressive to have two true freshmen produ- producing at the level that they are. Um, they're both playing fewer than 20 minutes a game on average and both scoring over eight points a game. They're, they're very efficient basketball players. Springer is shooting 55% from the field, um, 70% from the three-point line, uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, he has not started a game. He comes off the bench every game. Same with Johnson. Um, but because Tennessee runs a very experienced starting lineup and have had the same five starters every single game throughout the year. Uh, but Johnson and Springer both play the most coming off the bench and are both very efficient. Um, Johnson isn't as much a shooter as Springer is, um, but still very crafty with the basketball. Um, not a good free throw shooter either, but a very, uh, very dangerous defender, very dangerous driver, has the ability to um, score the basketball in different ways uh, within the within the three-point line. Springer himself, though, again, he can, he can score inside as well. Um, he can get to the free throw line. He likes to, to drive and get fouled, but he's also deadly um, from three-point line. 
So we'll, th- that'll be an atch- a matchup to watch is how are the Arkansas guards going to defend um, these, the, these Tennessee wings. Um, the, the biggest issue, I think, for the Razorbacks is going to be the matchup inside, especially with the, um, the absence of Justin Smith. You look at Tennessee's uh, post play, they have Fulkerson as a senior who's averaging 11 and 6. You have um, Eves Pons at 6'6, who's a very athletic, he's kind of an undersized forward at 6'6, uh, but he's averaging 8 and 6 and super athletic. Um, the French native, he is also blocking two shots per game. He's he's keeping on that average. He blocked a ton of shots last season as well. Uh, Vescovi, uh, a, a nice, decent-sized guard who has the ability to put put buckets on the board too. I mean, he's averaging close to 10 points a game. He's also shooting over 40% from the three-point line, shooting close to 44%, uh, but he also shoots five per game. So, I mean... There, there's a lot of different weapons here. Um, there's a decent amount of size here as well. Um, really, when you look at the Tennessee rotation, they're similar to Arkansas in the fact that they'll mainly go eight deep, sometimes nine. Um, you'll have Johnson and uh, Springer playing the most off the bench, um, and your eighth man is going to be Anna C.K. Um, off the bench. And every now and then... I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Olivier uh, Nakamua. Nakamua. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But he's another uh, big piece. He's a sophomore, an international player. Rick Barnes has really hit the uh, the international uh, recruiting trail. Uh, Vescovi from Uruguay, Pons from France, and Olivier from Finland. Also, another reserve that doesn't play too much. Uh, Plavsic from Serbia. So a lot of uh, foreign players, decent amount of size, and a lot of athleticism. Uh, size in in the sense of they don't have anybody in their main rotation that's above 6'10", but they also don't have anybody in their main rotation below 6'3". Uh, Fulkerson is at 6'9". Um, they have three guards that are, five guards actually, that are 6'4 and taller. And then you add uh, forwards, Anasike and Pons and Olivier, at, all at 6, 7, and above. So you have a lot of athleticism, a lot of size, a lot of length that will really test the Razorbacks, especially without uh, Justin Smith. We saw the Razorbacks struggle against Missouri um, playing without Justin Smith. We saw uh, Tillman absolutely dominate the interior, especially on the pick-and-roll game. Um, on Connor Vanover. Uh, we saw Jalen Williams definitely uh, play a little bit better defensively than Connor Vanover, but uh, still gave up some points. And uh, just the, the, the size inside of Missouri ended up, and, and the ability to penetrate really ended up hurting the Razorbacks on Saturday. So now um, the question is, how, how do the Razorbacks guard Tennessee? And even more importantly, coming off such a shooting, uh, a sh- terrible shooting performance, how do the Razorbacks score on Tennessee? Tennessee is seven and one and ranked as one of the the best teams in the country. The new AP uh, poll came out today. I think they were number nine. I can double check that later. Um, 
Point being, though, Tennessee is currently second in in the nation in points allowed per game and only allowing 55 points per game. The Razorbacks are coming off a 26% field goal percentage performance against Missouri, where they shot 25% from the three-point line and uh, were honestly pretty putrid uh, on the in the interior as well. So. Really, it's a matter of, will this game be a bounce-back game for the Razorbacks? Will they take that poor performance and rebound from it, or are they going to kind of take that poor performance and uh, kind of expand upon it with another poor performance? Um, That remains to be seen. Um, I stated earlier in the season that I think it's going to be really difficult for this team to go with as many weapons as they have. I think it's going to be really difficult for them um, to have games where just everybody is completely off uh, scoring and shooting. Um, but that that was the second game. Missouri was the second game where um, that was the case. And, and the first one was against, uh, uh, honestly, a, a pretty weak non-conference opponent. So one of the best defensive teams in the country on the road, um, do the Razorbacks score? Are they able to score the basketball? Coach Musselman did not seem uh, very confident in his immediate post-game presser um, following that home loss to Missouri. Um, but since then, he's he came out and uh, was talking about tinkering with lineups, seeing um, what exactly they're going to do. Um, so not not near as um, uncertain or uh, not exhibiting uh, as much of a lack of confidence as is that immediate loss, which is understandable. That was a very frustrating loss, and it had to be a frustrating one uh, as a head coach, especially seeing your guys miss so many shots and not convert uh, in transition off of forced turnovers, which everybody saw how how frustrated Musselman was with uh, getting ejected from the game. But um, essentially it all boils down to can the Razorbacks make shots? Yes, Tennessee is a very good defensive team. Um, they they have the ability to score. They have some weapons to score inside and outside. Uh, they have some really good pieces, some really good players. Um, but it's not like they're one of those teams like Auburn who is just going to absolutely light it up. They are not going to score 90-plus points a game. They are not going to uh, shoot 50% from the three-point line. Uh, it's it's nothing uh, like that. They, they will be efficient. They will do um, what they need to do to try to win. But um, their shooting numbers are not anything out of this world. Um, They don't shoot a ton of threes, but they also don't make or miss a ton. They shoot um, 35% as a team. Um, That's 121st in the country. That's not anything great. That's not anything bad either. I mean, you're going to win games shooting around that percentage, especially if you defend with, with some of the best teams in the country. Pretty solid rebounding team, especially offensively which without Justin Smith is going to be really difficult for the Hogs to combat. How are they going to prevent Tennessee from getting second-chance points? How are they going to uh, close out possessions and, and just prevent or, or uh, keep Tennessee uh, at one shot per possession? And that's really another major key is uh, forcing the Volunteers to end after one shot, in their possession after one shot. Um, they, they really don't turn the ball over much at all, they only turn the ball over ten times a game, which um, I praise the Razorbacks against Missouri for only turning it over nine times. 
Uh, anytime you turn it over 10 times or less, you're really in, in pretty good company, um, and you're on your way to uh, to winning a lot of basketball games. And a lot of that speaks to Tennessee's experience and, and their talent in, with their young backcourt. Um, they do go to the line a lot. They go to the free throw line. They shoot 22 free throws a game, and they make 75% of those. So on average, they're 17 out of 22 per game. Um Another game where you can't really afford to put the opposing team on the free throw line. Um, they are currently allowing teams to shoot 21% or 29%, excuse me, from the three point line, um, which is just a couple ticks higher than uh, the Razorbacks last season, where they finished first in the entire country uh, when the Razorbacks only allowed teams to shoot 26% from the three point line. So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting matchup. Um, Fulkerson is coming off a pretty weak performance against um, Alabama where Coach Barnes even um, critiqued him in, in the postgame press conference and said, you know, minutes aren't guaranteed. He's been here. We expect more out of him. Um, and on top of that, their star freshman and their sixth man in the rotation who is averaging uh, – Ten and a half points a game. Their third leading scorer, uh, Jaden Springer, is currently injured and questionable for the matchup on Wednesday. Um, I don't expect Fulkerson to have a, another bad game like he did against Alabama, um, but I also am kind of curious about the whole Jaden Springer situation. It seems like um, Coach Barnes is kind of avoiding the question that might hint towards him not playing the game, playing in the game Wednesday, but. Even if he does not play on Wednesday, you know, it's that next man up mentality and they're a top 10 opponent. You have a grad transfer that can take um, that role. EJ Anasike, he's six seven. He's He's been there um, in those positions and in big games. Um, he's a four-year starter at Sacred Heart, I believe. Um, one of the premier defenders uh, in college basketball a season ago. Um, so he's not necessarily one of those um, really major scoring weapons that Springer can be. Um, but he is a really good defender that would give the Razorbacks fit fits at his size, too. He's 6'7", Springer 6'4". Um, so just a really, really interesting matchup to look forward to, um, especially with the Razorbacks still tinkering with their, with their lineups, according to Coach Musselman. Um, against Missouri, we saw Devontae Davis start in the place of Justin Smith. Um, we don't know what that'll look like against a Tennessee. You could see Devontae Davis again. You could see a Vance Jackson. You could see a J.D. Note or some uh, some other adjustment in, in the lineup um, geared towards any number of things. Um, it, it's, almost, uh, it's almost like any new person he puts in the lineup will be geared towards a different area of need, you know? And you insert J.D. Note in the lineup to kind of accelerate scoring immediately after a terrible scoring performance and shooting performance last uh, Saturday. Um, Devontae Davis is a very good defender who has good size, um, but not necessarily the scorer that J.D. Note is. Um, so you put him in for Smith and kind of go uh, small ball um, and go for some versatile scoring threats. Um, you put Vance Jackson in, you know, you have the size um, and Musselman mentioned him and his presser on uh, Monday as well. 
Um, he has the size, and and his lack of success so far, or lack, lack of productivity so far, has not been a result of a lack of buy-in, but really just his shot's not falling. Um, but Musselman also said he needs to rebound more and defend a little bit better. Um, so you could even see uh, Vance Jackson uh, take that starting spot to to keep some size uh, like you would have with Justin Smith in the starting lineup, uh, but with the emphasis on him not necessarily being that perimeter shooter like uh, a lot of fans thought he might be, but really trying to be the rebounding and defensive presence that Justin Smith was. And and you're not going to transform someone's game in a week just based on practice. So it's not necessarily you insert Vance Jackson into the starting lineup and he's going to be an elite defender and very good rebounder, but um, if he at least puts the effort towards making that sort of his game, um, it could increase his productivity in those areas. Um, not not to say that he would be um, at the same level of Justin Smith, but he could um, if he makes that the entire focus of his of this week going into the game, the scouting period, and these practices. If if Musselman says, "Hey, you know, Vance, your role this week is not to be our six nine wing like we brought you in here to be, but we need you to be a six nine um, hybrid four like." like Justin Smith was, we need you to get rebounds, we need you to defend pretty well, and we need you to finish at the rim. You get a full week uh, or a few days uh, of just practice geared towards just that, you could be an adequate uh, performer, um, especially with the talents, talent that Vance does have. He was brought in, he was considered to be one of the top graduate transfers on the market, and he just has not uh, performed up to expectations so far. Um. So you have the option to play JD, you have the option to play Devontae Davis, you have the option to play Vance um, all in the starting lineup. And really those are the only three options I see as far as tinkering with the lineup unless, uh, for whatever reason, Musk wants to insert Jalen Williams into the starting lineup as well, um, which I, I, I'm torn between how, how that would go down because if you play Williams, do you want him to play alongside Vanover? Um, or do you want Williams to replace Vanover? Vanover has gotten a lot of the starts because he is one of only three players uh, with a positive plus-minus in conference play. Um, the other two are Justin Smith, who only played against Auburn, and Moses Moody. Um, and Coach Muss is very much a proponent of analytics, um, and included in that is plus-minus. And a lot of the reason that Vanover gets his playing time not just because of the plus-minus, but also his size and his shooting ability and scoring ability. Um, but but it is a lot to do with the plus-minus. He, he lost minutes uh, in certain games. I think it was Abilene Christian um, because he, he was negative in the plus-minus uh, going into half, and so he didn't really play much in the second half. So that is something that, that Musselman will definitely look at. Um, and if, if his plus-minus is struggling against Tennessee, then we might see more Williams than Vanover. Um, or with with Williams' uh, pretty decent performance against Missouri, we might see Williams inserted in the starting lineup. Um, you, we know that Williams and Vanover can both um, expand the floor. They both have an outside jump shot. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what all goes down. I don't really have any... Um, any way which I'm I'm leaning as far as what the what the lineup will actually look like, um, I'm just kind of walking through these options um, for people to know that there are more options than just simply oh well 
Devontae starting or, oh, we can insert Vance. There's, there's a ton of moving parts right now, um, especially with as many um, question marks as we have. But um, it's just very, very, I, I know I keep saying this, but it's a very interesting matchup. And look, uh, Tennessee is, is a top 10 team. It is, I don't have the same confidence as I did going into Missouri. And and I know I did on the, on the podcast and on Twitter, I, I said both um, that I, I felt like Arkansas would win by 10 against Missouri. That was when I thought Justin Smith was going to be able to play, and that was also when I wasn't expecting one of the five worst shooting performances at home um, <laughs> at Bud Walton Arena. So it, I, I don't think Arkansas is going to come out of here with a win, um, but this game isn't necessarily about a win. And that, that sounds silly, especially considering we're coming off of a loss, but we're the Razorbacks are also coming off of losing a starting power forward um, who is, efficiency-wise, one of the best in the country um, and a really good rebounder, really good defender, um, and was giving you 11 points a game. I think really what matters the most in this Tennessee game is finding a consistent presence who will replace Justin Smith in the starting lineup and figuring out what the rotation is moving forward. And I said that uh, in the post-Missouri podcast episode where the biggest issue in losing Justin Smith was how it hurt the rotations. And I really think that once you figure out the rotations, there's enough talent on this team that that'll take care of itself and, and, and the play will take care of itself. So... Um, all in all, I don't see Fulkerson playing bad again. Like I said earlier, I kind of I'm kind of leaning towards Springer playing Wednesday. Um, I know the Tennessee camp is keeping it pretty hush hush, but um, even if he doesn't play, they have a lot of weapons. Keys to victory: um, keep Tennessee from set, from offensive rebounds and scoring second chance points. Um, Score the basketball. Tennessee's only allowing 55 points per game, so Arkansas has to find a way to score the basketball, no matter if it's on the free throw line or actually making their layups this game or hitting the outside jump shot. Um, They have to find a way to actually score the basketball. And, uh, again, similar to Missouri, they have to find a way to force turnovers. Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over all that much. Um, if they can find a way to turn Tennessee over, hit their jump shots, and prevent Tennessee from having any from having many second chance points, I do think the Razorbacks can walk away with a victory. Um, all that being said, that is a very tall task for one of the top ten teams in the country, and for one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country. I feel like this is a game where obviously Musselman's going to go in and the team is going to go in and they're going to think they can win the game. And there's no reason to doubt that they could win the game. Uh, But my prediction, honestly, is that Tennessee is probably going to win by 10 points or so. Um, That's all for this uh, quick little preview to the Tennessee game. Uh, I'll be back with my reaction to the game after it is played on Wednesday. Uh, But until then, this is the J.C. Hoos Podcast. I'm Jackson Collier, and I will see you next time.